Welcome into the Flat Rock Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Christian Hunt, and guys, we have an absolute banger of a show for you today. On today's episode, we're going to be covering the top five teams who were poised for a breakout year in 2023. I'm going to have more on that here in just a second. Welcome to the Flat Rock Sports Podcast, your daily source for all things college football. And now your host, Christian Hunt. All right, guys, so kicking this list off at number five is Oregon. Now, Dan Lanning is going to be taking over a very talented Oregon team who's looking to kind of reload and reshuffle this year. What do I mean by that? Well, Oregon's going to be bringing in transfer quarterback Bo Nix. If the name sounds familiar, that's because he played the Ducks a few years back in an opening game while he was at Auburn. What Oregon's going to try to do with Bo Nix this year is is going to be, they want to see more production out of their quarterback, right? They're returning all five starting offensive linemen from last year. So it's not that inconceivable that Oregon couldn't be able to do something. What do I mean by that? Well, let's just break this down for a second. Bo Nix has a lot of potential, okay? Coming out of Alabama, a lot of people thought he was probably one of the better quarterbacks in Alabama at one point, okay? See Mac Jones, right? Maybe not Bryce Young, but at one point there was a there was a big argument to be made that Bo Nix was the best quarterback in the state of Alabama. That's a very big <laughs> accusation to kind of throw out there, right? With that being said, Dan Landing's got a great roster to see what he's made of. You know, another big thing here is Landing's coming over from Georgia, where he was the defensive coordinator of the national championship Georgia Bulldogs, right? The thing is, Dan Lanning has a hell of a defense over here at Oregon. He's got Justin Flo. He's got Noah Sewell. He's even got, I mean, he's got an all Pac-12 uh, defensive lineman in Brandon Dorius. Okay, I'm just making sure I said that right. Brandon Durius over there. This is a team that can play really good defense, and it's going to be interesting to see what they've got on offense. Now, when I was doing my research into Oregon and I was doing their team profile, uh, you know, one of the things I, I came across was their top running back from last year, Travis Dye, transferred to USC, who we're going to get to in just a bit. But he ended up transferring to to USC. Now they're kind of left trying to play, pick up the pieces in their backfield. Some of the guys to look out for is going to be sophomore Brian Cardwell. He had just over 400 uh, yards last year. There's another wide receiver that you're going to be looking at is you know coming out to help Bo Nix transition over into this offense, and that's going to be uh, sophomore wide receiver Troy Franklin. He had two touchdown grabs last year, right? The Ducks are going to have to get good really fast as they're going to be playing Landing's former team, the Georgia Bulldogs, to start the season off. So it's going to be really interesting to see if Dan Landing can win that game. I have nothing but high hopes for Oregon going forward. Another interesting element, I think, to this and to this ongoing saga that is the Pac-12 right now, what happens with them? With conference realignment kicking off, USC, UCLA bolting for the Big Ten, where does US or sorry, where does Oregon fit in to the realignment of this? Could they potentially be in the SEC or the Big 12 in a couple of years? That would be an interesting development to watch as we keep going forward. Okay, guys, next up on the list is number four, Tennessee. 
I picked Tennessee and I put them on this list mainly because they're getting Josh Heupel uh, in his second year with the program. Heupel came over from UCF, the University of Central Florida, and he looks to be a really promising talent. All right. Now, the thing that Heupel has going for him this year as opposed to last year, not only is it his second year, but he's also getting back a quarterback in Hendon Hooker, who transferred in last year from Virginia Tech. It's going to be really interesting to see what Hendon Hooker and this offense can do. You know, when I went back and I broke them down, they're getting their, their top three playmakers from last year back. They're getting Hooker back. They're getting their star running back back. And they're also getting their leading wide receiver from last year back. Tennessee has an opportunity to improve on last year, right? I think that when you look at what they can do going forward, I really believe that Hendon Hooker, uh, Josh Heupel, and some of these other guys that they have you know, to lead this program, they have a great shot at competing for the SEC this year, right? They're not going to beat Alabama, and I'll explain why. Nobody's beaten Alabama this year, right? When you look at their roster, it is way different, but... I do think Tennessee can make some, you know, nominal steps forward. It's going to end up getting them in to where they ultimately want to be. They don't want to be a bottom-tiered SEC school, especially with, like we just talked about a little bit ago, uh, a conference realignment shaping up, and then eventually every team you're going to be playing every week is going to be a Alabama-esque <laughs> game, right? But I think the big thing with this to really look for going forward with a team like Tennessee is – how do how do they progress? How is their recruiting going to progress as the years start coming by? If Tennessee can start landing some top classes, I have a strong feeling they're going to be able to really keep pace with the rest of the SEC. But again, this list is about breaking out this year. I think Tennessee, they're going to be playing Alabama. Okay, They're going to be playing Georgia. That's not going anywhere, and they're not going anywhere. Right? What I would say is if Tennessee can somehow pull out a win against Georgia, I think they have a great shot at having a pretty good year this year, right? They're not going to win the SEC West, but they could make it to a New Year's Six Bowl if they play their cards right. Coming in at number three on the list is Texas A&M. What makes Texas A&M such an interesting team going into this year is they're coming off signing the number one recruiting class last year in the 22 cycle. Okay, Jimbo Fisher does a great job at coming into these programs, taking over, and getting elite talent to flock to his programs. What's going to be interesting to see is what can he do to continue to build Texas A&M into a perennial powerhouse over there, especially with rival Texas getting ready to move over to the SEC. One thing that I would keep an eye on for this year when we're talking about their ability to break out is the quarterback position. They're going to Their, their starting quarterback from last year ended up transferring. Okay, Zach Calzada ended up transferring. Their new starting quarterback is going to be Haynes King, who played sparingly last year, right? A&M also beat Alabama last year, which a lot of fans have circled on the, the calendar, right? That game is scheduled to kick off. Let me just see here real quick. Yeah, that game is going to be kicking off in October, all right? So what's going to make this really interesting, in my opinion, as far as when we look at this, is... You know, when the offseason, you had Jimbo Fisher, uh, you know, responding to Nick Saban, pretty much talking about, you know, they paid all their players to show up in the NIL and everything like that. So there was a lot of different things there. One thing I can tell you to look for in this is look for Jimbo to be fired up and pissed off when they go in to play Alabama. 
Now, if they can get their quarterback situation figured out early, they are returning their top two wide receivers from last year. They also have one of the top five defenses, in my opinion, in college football uh, going forward. They're very young at certain positions and all out, all throughout their defense. But man, if they can figure it out, get these guys some rotational reps, I have a very good feeling that they can also keep pace with Tennessee and maybe even, you know, eke out some magic against Alabama in October. It'll be interesting to see what happens. And absolutely, I can't wait to see the Texas-Texas A&M game restored where it should be. Hey guys, coming in at number two on the list is Texas. Are they back? No, I'm just kidding. But seriously though, what uh, head coach Steve Sarkeesian is doing over there in Austin is a complete rebuild. And he's doing a fabulous job so far. Look, it's no secret. He, he, is, he signed Arch Manning earlier you know, in the week. And I'll tell you right now, he has an opportunity before Arch Manning gets there. He's also pulled in five-star quarterback Quinn Ewers, who was the number one quarterback and number one player in his class. Right, He ended up taking him in from Ohio State. Now you've got Quinn Ewers, then you throw in Bijan Robinson, who had 1,200 yards last year uh, You know, as a running back. You have... Xavier Worthy, who had almost a thousand yards last year, you have some real pieces coming back to Texas that could start to shape up very nicely. Now, here's the the other thing about Texas: they play Alabama the second game of the year. One of the things that I want to see is how do they play that game, right? You're talking about breaking in a, you know, Quinn Ewers has not thrown a pass in college yet, right? So it's going to be interesting to see does Quinn Ewers win the job? There's also uh, returning quarterback Hudson Card for the Longhorns, who could factor into this, and it could be a really fun competition to watch. If Ewers struggles early against Bama and they get down quick, look for them to to switch. They're not scared to do that, right? Sark's going to play who he feels like gives him the best chance to win the game. With that being said, if they can get past Bama very early on, the rest of their schedule is very favorable for the Longhorns. Okay, guys, and finally, at number one on our list, USC. Now, I picked USC originally as my number two team, but I'll be honest, after kind of thinking about this and looking at their schedule, USC has a cakewalk for a schedule. I'm going to take just a second and do something a little different here to illustrate my point. I'm going to read you their schedule. Their first game is against Rice at home. Their second game is at Stanford. The next game, Fresno State. Then they take on Oregon State, all right? Then they are going to be at home against Arizona State, Washington State. They travel to play Utah, which is going to arguably be one of their uh, toughest games of the year. They're going to play Arizona. Then they they are going to be at home for Cal, uh, Colorado, and then they're going to play UCLA. Now, the last game on their schedule, they're playing Notre Dame. They don't really realistically play anybody until the very end of the year which is the last game of the year. You're going to get Caleb Williams, who's going to be joining Lincoln Riley, and they're very familiar with one another, and they know what they want to run. It's just getting everybody else on the same page. If that wasn't enough, you're getting a one of the top running backs in Travis Dye, who just transferred from Oregon in, as well as you're getting Jordison Addison, who was at Pitt last year, and Kenny Pickett, for, for you know my Panthers fans out there, knows just how he can make a quarterback look good, right? He was Kenny Pickett's favorite target. USC is going to start locking down talent in the state, right? They're one of the top three. They're one of the top three 
uh, states in college football for producing NFL talent. Lincoln Riley is going to make this lights, camera, action perfect as far as recruiting goes. And I guarantee you, before they move to the Big Ten, look for them to start being relevant again. I think, honestly, I think they can win out. I think they can beat Notre Dame. And I think they can they can even be in the playoff this year. Now, I don't know if they're going to beat – I don't think anybody's going to beat Bama. But, again, I think they can at least make it to the dance. Now, we're, it's going to be interesting to see, can Lincoln Riley get over the hump and do what he, what he couldn't do over at Oklahoma and win a playoff game? Only time will tell. With that being said, that's actually going to conclude this episode of the Flat Rock Sports Podcast. Guys, if you could be so kind – and hit the like button, comment, and subscribe. That would be greatly appreciated. I look forward to providing future daily college football content for you guys. And as always, I'm your host, Christian Hunt, and we'll catch you next time.